Previously, our session began with an unprecedented battle with a frost giant deep in the frozen north of the world. With precise strikes, carefully weaved spells, and a bit of good luck, they whittled it down before a wall of flame burst into the sunken arena they fought in, causing the dragon to fly off, the fire warding it away. Two figures greeted them at the edge of the arena, a long-time residents of a settlement nearby. They used the dragon to help gather food, a strange relationship for equally strange locals. <laughs> they were given aid and a night's rest. The next day, they followed the log path, a trail of stripped trees shoved into the ground to make landmarks in the frozen tundra. Their destination was Kerr Koenig, a town somewhere to the north. From there, they would figure out where the pulses of magic were coming from, and if it was indeed the last orb that Veyron was looking for. A shaky night had passed in the tundra, as staying warm proved to be a struggle. They recovered a bit after the exhausting and bitterly cold day from before, and trekked further north. Movement caught their attention as two pairs of... something were bobbing up and down into the snow from far away. As they traveled further, they realized it was getting closer and closer. Some type of long worms were burrowing and jumping out, clearly headed towards the party. As they braced for impact, 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 holy shit. As they braced for impact and a conflict a short time later, casting preemptive spells to damage the creatures, two massive remorazes birth forced forth from underneath the party. Their centipede-like bodies, pulsing with heat, damaging some as they were lying in wait for a meal delivery. The four large creatures fought and ripped into each other while the party made their escape. It was looking like the remorazes were about to feast upon the tough carapist worms of the frozen north. We begin our session here, with the party half an hour away and no hostiles in sight, and a long walk ahead of them. So after you guys had make a, made a very hasty retreat away from the uh, large gargantuan creatures duking it out to the death, um, a few twists and turns in the, into the log path, which allowed for a lot of the snow drifts to kind of cover up um, essentially line of sight away from the destruction behind you, um, you guys are yet again left in a wide open area reminiscent of a frozen desert ahead of you with uh, at least two of the um, log path posts ahead of you to, to lead your way. We don't see a city on the horizon yet. Uh, you make a perception check. I don't want to say you don't. Well, check it. How's a uh, 17 do? A 17 you you scan the horizon and you, you're noticing that it is is becoming more overcast, um, allowing you to kind of see further. You don't see any sort of structures around or like the little like jagged bits that would maybe signify a city in the distance. You do, however, notice that on the second log, so that would be about a half a mile away from you, there seems to be almost like a bump on this log. It's still too far away, but it doesn't look... Um, it looks like there's something, like, there on that one. Is it a frog? It could be a frog on a log. 
Good thing we're not on the ocean planet anymore. <laughs> I, mean, I guess the only thing we can do is continue to walk. And I take it you let everybody else know what you're observing? Sure. I will let Maybe. them know about the frog on the log at the bottom of the sea. So, um, as as you're he headed to that, you, you make it to the first... Uh, log path and about a quarter of a mile away um, the, the visibility is still really good. There's not a lot of wind um, in this area. It could be the time of day. just could be the weather. Um, but it's really let off and, and there's a matter of almost comfort now with uh, how you're able to trek uh, through the tundra. Is there any particular marching order you guys have for this area? You all just kind of haphazardly uh, just traveling. After our last encounter, I think we should assume our normal formation with uh, the muscle on the outer edges. Yeah. So I'd say Thrum's probably in front. Okay. Um, so as you guys... Um, so this is, this is becoming, at this point, like mid-afternoon... Uh, for you guys now. Um, so as you're as you're traveling, um, you're noticing that the, the the sun is kind of setting in the west, and you guys are indeed heading roughly north, maybe a little bit north northwest on this log path here. Um, you are are realizing now as you now pass this next log that. There just seems to be like something slumped up against it. You you almost uh, your brain's thinking that it could be like a body, but that's not even the thing that sticks out. There seem to be two other figures standing next to it, and their backs are towards you. How far away are they? Uh, still, still probably like uh, an eighth of a mile away. However, that is in meters. Math. And, but they show no signs of, like, noticing that you're there at all. Okay. I mean, we don't really have any other path. And if we can take on giant worms, I'm sure we can take on a couple of humans. We won that fight, right? <laughs> totally. <laughs> you consider that a win? Absolutely. Everyone survived. It's a win. We're alive. Now, speak, speaking of that fight, throughout while we're walking, Thrym is going to be like looking behind him to see if anybody's following us. Like they're following us. Sure. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Roll a perception. Nobody's following us. I'm following you. <laughs> yeah. Basically. <laughs> I see key. That was a natural two. So six. Oh. You see, you see the footsteps behind you, and you get paranoid for a second before you realize they're your own. <laughs> Sounds like something Cax would do. Pre pre intelligence necklace. <laughs> Even post intelligence necklace, he wouldn't be surprised about it though. <laughs> As you love to remind us, yes. <laughs> I guess keep on trekking. Okay. Um, you you guys are, are getting what uh, Thrym you would assume would be kind of close to potentially earshot. Their backs are still faced towards you. You do at this distance realize that they are kind of shifting 
Um, and one of them seems to be having like hand gestures. They're they're having a conversation with each other. Um, you guys. So at, at this point, Thrym, you if you guys decided you wanted to be uh, stealthy or make your uh, presence known, this would probably be the time to decide what you wanted to do with this situation. So I guess I'll just turn and say like a low voice, like, do we want to let them know we're here or do we want to try and sneak up on them? Not a whole lot of places to hide. That's kind of what I was thinking. And let's be honest, we're not sneaking anywhere with key. I, I could get up there. Yeah, go ahead, Cax. Get up there. See what they're about. <laughs> okay. I will make my way up as quietly as I can. All right. Until um, I can make out any distinguishing factors on them if they look basically like anything. Anything I can get from them. Sure, yeah. Yeah, roll a roll stealth check. Do I have advantage? No. All right, so I, I walk up about 30 feet. <laughs> turn around and shout back to Thrym and Nyx. What am I supposed to be looking for? Because I rolled in that one. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> yep, that's how tonight's going to go. So, you were just supposed to tell him we were coming. <laughs> okay. And right as you turn around, Cax, you see the two figures are just looking back at you like this. And they, they both kind of turn their bodies to, to face you. Um, and just seem to be kind of observing how you are, are coming up on them. So, uh, Cax, are you are you taking the uh, the lead in this uh, wandering misfit caravan here? It sounds like it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> So you you now see that these are two very large figures. They're very reminiscent of the uh, human uh, long clock we met uh, to the south. The very like very bulky, and you're not sure how much of it is like the sheer amount of like furs and leather that they're wearing to help uh, keep them warm in such a hostile environment. Um, from where you are, you. Uh, can kind of see that one of them is more a little taller than the other one kind of skinny from the look of it based upon like the muscle mass compared to the other one um and it looks like attached to his body with like ropes hanging on behind him there seems to be some sort of like sled that's just kind of sitting atop the snow um and there look to be like a couple things on the sled as they're just using it for helping them drag shit um, the other one, however, as the rest of you begin to kind of approach, uh, you realize that there's a, a scarf covering the mouth, and you're realizing that there are, like, reptilian eyes behind it that are kind of, like, squinting at you a little bit, and you realize that it is, um, based off of the tail that's kind of, like, trying to, like, tuck up with the thing, but you can clearly see it through the, the bundled up clothing that this is a, uh, a very large uh, dragonborn that is doing his best to keep the uh, the chill away. Uh, hi. And the dragonborn takes a couple steps forward and he 
puts his hands out as if he means, like, I'm not hostile. I'm going to hold my hands up and, like, mimic what he's doing and be like, Hi, uh, my friends and I were, were going along the path and uh, we saw that you were going the other way and we didn't want to, like, startle you or anything. We just wanted to let you know that we were here. Um, the tall, skinny one uh, looks over towards the the as not as you can now uh, see. He is a um, uh, looks to be a golden uh, scaled dragonborn. You see um, the tall one uh, whisper something to the dragonborn. Am I close enough to see it? You are. Yes. Am I and close enough to hear it? Um. <laughs> Cax roll a perception check for that. Fuck, it's gonna be one of those nights! Oh boy. Uh, <clears throat> that'll be a 19. What, 19? Excuse me, not 19, 14. Oh, okay. My passive is 19. I looked at my passive. Okay, no, um, 14. both of you do. So one of you gets it through the uh, lip reading and the other gets it kind of as if like a gust of wind kind of aided you with that. Um, the tall skinny one kind of says in almost this kind of squeaky voice well they don't they don't look like assassins so I don't see the harm what, what do you think what and you do did they know <laughs> and you see the um the the dragonborn just kind of shrug and then look back to what they were examining over at the um at the log path but the the skinny human begins to walk towards you hiya I'm a I'm perchak and he, he realized then he realizes that he has a sled attached to him. So as he begins to walk, he forgets that there's weight behind him and he kind of stumbles on it a little bit. Is it the sled key left in his other pants? <laughs> Unfortunately not. <laughs> that would have been a hell of a coincidence. A check. Hmm. Yeah. What's uh what do we call you? X. Got a got a whole whole group of people with you, don't you? Jack's gonna like kind of look over your shoulder and go, "Oh, it looks like that." Well, uh, yeah. What what uh what can we what can we help you with? Are you just uh, passing through? Uh, yeah, we were going on uh this path to somewhere. Can't really remember where. Feels Probably like your... it's been feels like it's been a couple weeks. You're uh, you're going that way, that way. Oh, you're are you going to Karakonig? Are we going to Karakonig? Yes. Yes. Oh, that's uh, yeah. You keep walking, maybe uh, maybe another twelve hours. You're probably gonna have to have a, presumably uh, at least one more night out in the uh, out in the cold. Twelve hours. This place sucks. Yeah, you're uh, you're telling me I'm I'm still not used to the weather around here. This this place I've said that for at least the first half a year I was up here. You've elected to be up here longer than half a year. Ah, well, it was more or less my family moved up here, but yeah, that's a decision. Ah, uh, yeah, you, you you ain't kidding. Uh oh, I'm sorry. This is uh, this is Hatchet. I. Uh, he doesn't talk very much. Hatchet. 
and you I repeat see... names so I remember them. Oh no, no, I have to do the same thing. I understand. But yeah, no, we were uh, out here looking for you know shit to kill for furs and stuff. And uh, if you take a look, uh, this poor guy right over here, freaking looks like he just died out here. It looks like something killed him for his furs. Ah. Uh, yeah, you ain't kidding. And as you, you look over, you do realize that this uh, body that is leaning up, and that's what you identified from so far away, um, is a male human who is only wearing just a pair of pants, like slacks. No coat, no shirt, no furs. Only, only other thing that he seems to have is like a sash over his shoulder. And it connects down to, like, the side of his belt buckle. Do you mind if I, like, take a look at him? Uh, yeah. And as you said that, he he is looking at the other uh, people who haven't said anything. And he, he like, waves at everybody, like, kind of awkwardly. The fact that you guys haven't come up and said anything to him. Hey, uh, Perchak. I'll just wave back. Okay, um... He doesn't speak common. The tall one. Oh, kind of kind of like Hatchet over here. Yeah, I mean, he speaks it, but, you know, he ain't that good at it. But So you you want to examine the, the body? Yeah, I want to... You put emphasis on that sash. And if sure. it's the only thing he's, like, wearing besides pants, I'm not going to take his pants off. I'd rather just look at the sash. <laughs> oh, man, he didn't get my context clue. Uh... You you look at him and you you kind of get a general sense of the whole thing that not much of a required perception check or investigation on this. You notice that a lot of the skin it has like purple veins all over the like right underneath the surface, like almost bloated purple veins. You notice the face is bloated up with a pink hue to it. And a white frozen froth, like, kind of pours down the sides of his lips and froze, like, on his chin. Can I roll a medicine check to see if I can identify, like, how he died? Sure, you sure can. Okay. Maybe survival, but possibly, probably medicine. Yeah, medicine or sur yeah, survival, I think it would be, if you'd like to do that as well, whatever suits your fancy. I'll choose survival because I'm better at it. Sure. Uh, that's a 21. 21. Just based off of this, like he, you get the impression that whatever inflicted, what was inflicted upon him was what killed him and not the weather. Um, you haven't done a thorough examination of the body, but you get the impression it was some sort of, uh, most likely some sort of poison that got him. So it looks kind of like the wounds inflicted by uh, Thunder when Thrym coats it. Um, yes and no. Uh, most, pretty much the poison that you've noticed Thrym uses uh, tends to be more of like an internal thing uh, and not necessarily has like an outward physical appearance to it. Okay. Or at least none that you've noticed, however. Okay. Uh, how close am I to these two? Um, how, however close you wanted to to get up to them. Um, 
<clears throat> now that they've greeted us, I'll walk up within like 15 feet of them. Sure. Um, I'd like the... to make two checks, if you sure. don't mind. Okay. Uh, first would probably be perception. I want to see if they're hiding any weapons on them. Okay. And the second would be an insight to see if these guys are as uh, well, innocent as they're trying to portray. Okay, sure. So I'll do the perception first. All right. Perception's an eight. Probably don't say <laughs> shit. You do, at the very least, uh, notice over the back of Hatchet is, um, unfortunately, not a Hatchet, however but it is a very large club that has like what looks to be like teeth like buried into it to, to give it a serrated edge. Um, okay. Looking over Perchak, he's all bundled up with stuff. Um, you have noticed Perchak is really clumsy with his movements and based off of his movements and you looking him over just from what you saw, you don't outwardly see any sort of like weaponry on him. Um, and then you wanted to do an insight check? Yeah. Because you, you heard that whole yeah. conversation and everything. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, go for it. Better. 16. 16. You get the impression that, that Perchak and Hatchet are out doing what they said they were doing. As you look him over and, and part of the perception check as well, um, you look over at the sled and there seem to be like little like bottles with like a liquid in there that's sloshing around. Um, and you do with the investigation too, and you get close enough and the wind blowing in your direction, you get a little bit of a smell that is a very familiar to like a tannery as well. So judging based on a lot of the evidence you have that they're legit out doing uh, what he said he was looking to do. Mm then I have no further interest in these people. Okay. Uh, Key, you're, you're, you're tucked in the back. What are you, what are you doing? Me? I'm, yeah. I'm probably just looking at this group. Not really super worried about them. Just giving them a half-hearted look. All right. Uh, I want you to roll a perception. <laughs> oh, I, I chose a great time to stand up, didn't I? Yeah, you did, you stupid G Keanu Reeves motherfucker. You're not the only person who calls me Keanu now. My boss does it. Um, you said perception? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, that is a 18. 18? Well, yeah. You, you look at these guys and you almost do like the big guy thing of like, sizing up another big guy and realizing that you and Hatchet are probably on bulk, probably roughly the same size. Um, so you give him a nod and he gives you a nod and, and that seems to be it for that. Uh, you look over the, the tall skinny human um, realize that you could probably like arm wrestle like four of him combined and still win. Um, but then you, you look over at, at the, the body and you notice the the different things about it and it's hitting you strangely and it, it's not quite registering but you you kind of you walk over and you're and you're kind of looking it over 
and you're looking down the body and you're kind of like following like the awkward purple veins and you see the the sash that goes over like the shoulder and across the chest um and something seems to be moving that catches your eye in the wind and you look and tucked into the sash is a single small black feather picked a terrible time to get up um <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna pull it out how similar is this to feathers barb you pull it out and look yeah identical you already also know what the poison is, that was used is Ooh, do you oh. pick the worst time to get up? The worst time to get up. I was like, dude, I need some caffeine. I'm a microwave <laughs> dog. So, like, you know, cactus talking to these guys are probably not that important. I'll, I'll, like... <laughs> you uh, recall from your knowledge and you realizing what this feather means, that this poison was Death's Cap's, Death Cap's Whisper used almost exclusively by you-know-who. I want to look at uh, the leader of the group and say, uh, where did you find this guy? Uh, he points to the log. We came across him here, like, five minutes ago. Same as you, I think. Alright. Uh, can I inspect the, fr the level of frostbite or whatever, on his uh, body, as well as how far the poison's gone to see how long he's been there. Sure, that will take a medicine or survival. Medicine! Finally! I have a plus five to that. Nineteen. Nineteen. You notice there isn't a lot of frostbite at all. One of the things that was commented on earlier is the fact that this body isn't wearing, like, any outer protection. Um, you do, however, know, uh, very innately, um, that that poison is made to cause, uh, delirium, followed by panic attacks, followed by death. I want to check his pulse. He is dead, right? Or is you, he still... You check the pulse, um... And there's nothing. This guy is dead, 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 dead. Hmm. Dead, dead. Um, this is weird, but would you guys mind if I took this body? Uh, took it where? I, uh, I, I want to look it over somewhere where I can really lay it out and uh, investigate something, because I have a hunch. I really appreciate, you know, it's, you can take whatever you need off, but... Zara, uh, take listen, I don't want to be very out forward, but is this something uh, me and Hatchet need to worry about? Um... I don't think so. That depends... Oh, well, how much do you guys drink and eat, and how, uh, are you guys 
well known with the bounty on your head. Well, well, we eat and drink like normal, and I don't know about Hatchet. He's never really talked about his past, but we've never had bounties on our heads. Okay, um, what do you know about the Underdark and Lull? Uh, that's the kind of shit my dad used to scare me with, you know, bedtime stories and stuff. Okay, then you're probably fine. This was definitely an assassination job. Um, oh. Yeah, uh, the thing is, and I'm gonna sling him over my, uh, sling the body over my shoulders, mm -hmm. you know, buried him, like, sort of like a dead, uh, like squatting him. Uh, I know the guy that did this, and I would really like the chance to bring this person back to Caremore and, and figure out, uh, what the hell happened. Okay, um, and he looks over at, uh, at Hatchet, and yet again, Hatchet kind of gives, like, a, a shrug, but um, Key, you're, you're close enough, and you, you catch, there's a little bit of concern in, in Hatchet's face, and Perchak looks back over you, uh, if it's, uh, all the same to you, maybe, uh, we could, uh, accompany you? Uh, I'm a little spooked by this. Uh, it's not entirely uncommon to find, uh, the occasional dead body, you know, around the Trundra, but something like this, uh, this kinda is not sitting with me very well, and, uh, you know, uh, safety in numbers and all, right? If this guy wanted you dead, you'd be sitting here with him. But, that's, personally, that's I don't have any, uh, any issue with you guys traveling with us. I'm going to turn to Nyx, Thrym, and Cax and be like, uh, if you guys want to make that call, go ahead. But we also need to have a private conversation pretty soon. Uh, I'll I tell you what, we can uh, we can kind of sweeten the, the, the deal for us to uh, walk back with you. Uh, you guys know about the shelters, right? No. No. Every, uh, every four or five logs there's like a little etching in it and if you follow the direction of the etching there tend to be little uh like frozen domes if you will for uh you know weathering nights and stuff like that you know that would have been really good information for the people that sent us on this trip to give us yeah they, well, to be fair it's probably so common to them they didn't think twice about it yeah no uh you know, it's going to be getting dark in a couple hours. Uh, Hatchet and I can walk with you. And actually, we haven't caught in shit for, for furs and leather, so feel free. You can put the body of that creepy motherfucker on the on the sled, and uh, Hatchet and I can help transport it. Okay. I'll toss the body on the sled. And and I, I remember you said private conversation, so Hatchet and I can wander off, see if we can't find, you know, some random animal to kill and bring back and, and do whatever so we'll uh we'll stay out of your hair no no it, it, it's it's fine we, we can have that conversation at the dome and uh, okay. yeah no i, I want to go over to tax and uh thrim so if i know it's death caps whisper 
Do I know the antidote? Uh, you would if there was one. You, uh, in your past have worked with said person. But, however, since you were almost the countermeasure to him, um, you had tried in the past to figure out uh, in case there was an accidental a mishap to be able to uh, cure it. However, you were never able to figure it out. In that case, I'll walk, I'll include Nix and I'll say, guys, we need to be extremely careful about what we eat and consume. Don't eat anything offered to you by a stranger. Don't eat anything you find on the ground. This is strictly rations and water we know is safe right now. I, I, I can explain later tonight in fuller detail, but with everyone here, I'd really rather, you know. That's fine. Let's just get to the dome. Yep. And I want to be... Uh, Comparing Feather's Barb and the feather I found on them, just kind of twirling them in my hand and looking at them. So, as you do that, Hatchet comes over and he takes the body from you. Um, he very easily places it on the sled and it has plenty of room. Uh, the sled that he, uh, Kerchak, drags around is, is rather large. Um, so they begin to uh, walk with you. Everyone is uh, ready to... Uh, depart to the next log post, I take it? Yep. So you yep. continue to go, and there actually isn't much conversation uh, had from, from, from Kerchak. You, you... The situation has seemed to really kind of spooked him, um, and, and he kind of positions himself between, like, Hatchet and you guys as if to kind of get in, like, a weird little defensive position, almost. Um, throughout it, the, the conversation that is had from Perchak is more or less... Um, he's he's kind of, like, bouncing ideas off of Hatchet, and Hatchet just shrugs or nods the whole time whenever he kind of asks him a question about it, and you, you hear bits and pieces about how, you know, sure, going back empty-handed, his father's going to be ticked, but you know, bringing back a body is considered an honorable thing. And then Hatchet kind of, like, gives him a, a nice little, like, pat on the shoulder as if to confirm to him that, yeah, like, doing this is the right thing. Um, after, after a while, after about three more um, logs, you do discover that there's a, a faint etching right almost at the top of it. So... It's now understandable for you guys, unless you were looking at the whole log, that you would be able to miss, like, an etching on this thing without really examining it. Um, and it seems to have an almost like a, a sideways triangle that's point, essentially giving an arrow to the right. And you just see uh, Perchak and Hatchet kind of, like, veer off to your right. Um, and you guys begin to follow. And a couple of snowdrifts later, and you do notice a snowdrift that looks rather, like, smooth. And you are looking around, expecting it to be somewhere, and you realize that this um, shelter is actually, like, half-buried. And you see Perchak and Hatchet begin to kind of get on their hands and knees and begin to dig. And, and in very short fashion, 
by the time you guys catch up to them, letting them kind of take the lead, they've opened up like a almost like a square hatch. Um, that hatchet has to like keep banging on to like crack loose from like the snow and ice and opens it up and you realize that the 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 very smooth snowdrift in front of you is actually the shelter itself. Um, Hatchet and Perchak go on in, and there seems to be already some sort of illumination inside, um, and they disappear on the inside of this, leaving you guys on the outside. Yeah, so I'm casting Mage Armor. Okay. Throw up a Leoman... Leoman's tiny hut outside of the uh, thing. You don't have that prepared, do you? We leveled up. Yeah, you did. You silly fucker. All right, cool. All right, so uh, describe your tiny hut. All right. Um, so I want to take a deep breath, focus, and I'm like gonna clear out like a little square that, or clear out the circle of like a snow outline, so I can picture where I want it, and then gradually, I just want to make it a nice, warm, transparent bubble and i'm going to drag the body in as the snow is melting on the inside because it's nice and warm and 75 degrees and it's very good in there how's the humidity uh you see it's like it's not super dry but it's not (laughs) like you're gonna walk in and you're gonna hit with the florida stench like (laughs) wonderful yeah yeah so as the I'm going to leave the body in the middle of the hut and I'll say, guys, come on in. Come on in. They, No one outside. Of, this is safe. The fuck is this? It's a tiny I'm hut. Sorry. I it, It's been a <laughs> while since I had to do it and I couldn't remember just how to do it and I'm kind of working on it. And we're safe in here. No, no one can enter without my permission. And you three have permission. Okay. Feels wrong. I'm gonna try to like touch the walls. <laughs> You're, you can touch them, or your hand can pass through. It's your call. You have permission to enter and leave as you please. This is just like a magical dome in the yep. snow. Yeah, and the and inside is 75, sunny, nice. The snow's melted. It is a okay. And for size, it is um 20 feet wide we just led these th- this this escort mission we let them go in this like snow drift and we just fucked off into a magical dome <laughs> yeah they, they, can right. have, they can they can have that that big shelter thing to themselves you know if that's what they're comfortable staying in but as of right mm-hmm. now i don't want to be near anything i don't know can they see the dome yeah, they can see it. If people hear from outside of it, that's a good question. Um, creatures and objects within the dome when you cast a spell can move freely. All other creatures are barred from passing through it. Spells and magical effects can't extend through the door and be cast through it. The atmosphere in the space is comfortable and dry, regardless of weather outside. Hmm. I'm gonna look around and make sure like the other two people aren't around okay you you saw them disappear you have, have you gone inside of it yet or now 
Yeah. Okay, yeah, you, you look over, and the hatch is still open. Um, they haven't, um, you haven't seen any, any sign of them, uh, as of yet. But your brain is telling you at some point they're gonna be like, hey, where did those guys go? And that you might see, like, a, a head poke out to, like, look for you guys or something. When everyone is inside, I change the color of the dome to a nice, uh, purple for Varen. Woo! But however, it, we can still see outside of it perfectly. It is transparent from the inside, purple from the out. Gonna look at Key and be like, did you learn this from that, uh, thing you set free? Like... No, no, it, it, looks... it was... Been an like... old ass spell that I that we had to use going on missions for the fangs, and I just forgot about it. Really, um, ah. yeah, would have been useful for these past couple nights. But I get here eventually. Speaking of the fangs, I'm gonna pull out Feather's barb and the feather I picked up, and I'm gonna lay them on the body. I'm not alone anymore. I think you should be whispering. No, no, no. I don't think they can what? hear us outside the bubble. Uh, think or no? <laughs> good point. Good. That's yeah. a good fucking question. To be fair, that's meta. I don't think. Um, is Liamman's tiny hut soundproof? I'm sorry, I'm googling it just so I know. I'm doing the same fucking thing because it's not clear. Um. Damn it, Reddit. Uh, soundproof from the outside, yep. Transaudible from the inside and soundproof from the outside, so we should be okay. Where are you getting from? Just, uh... Uh, blackcitadelrpg.com I'd say if it says it there, I think that's... reasonable. Yeah, because spells and other magic effects... Spells and other magic effects can't extend through the dome. Um... Yeah, because because I would assume if you can alter like being able to see inside of it, it makes sense that technically you could also control whether or not like sound waves could go through as well. Yeah, because right. I can like hold you... a piece of paper in front of my face and then you can't hear me. That's true. Yeah, then I'll turn to Nix and say, "Don't don't don't worry. Then don't no one can hear us outside. We're good here." Don't a piece it. of paper definitely alters the temperature of something mm. to a comfortable yeah. temperature, and you know displaces water <laughs> alright so I can speak in common again thank yeah. you for that Cax <laughs> that was pretty good not gonna lie alright so what do you mean we're not alone okay so this guy was poisoned by Deathcap's Whisper you're not gonna find this poison in books because my friend made it up. Can you teach me how to make it? I don't think I can. Can I DM? I... No. No, you was never explained to you how it was made. It was it was kind of a trade secret oh. from your friend. I'll turn to Thurm and say, No, but you can examine the body with me. Because, as a side note, I was never able to find the antidote. It was sort of a friendly competition where he would keep tweaking it and I would keep trying to fix the antidote and every time someone would die and I'd be like, damn, 
<laughs> you won again, Feather. Um, there is a Kenku assassin going around. Uh, he is extremely good with these poisons. Uh, pretty, pretty handy with a knife. Uh, he was my best friend with the fangs, and I have his barb right here. You know, this was a feather of his gifted to me before our final orders. And this feather is identical, and I'm gonna hold up the one we found from the body. Huh. So, what you're saying is, we're up here after an orb, the orb, and there is another member of Lol's assault team also up here. Yes. I love a coincidence. I don't yeah. think Cax says coincidence. I'm I think he's more of a coinky dink kind of person. A hell of a coinky dink. There we go. <laughs> I. Yeah, I don't think this is a coinky dink. He. Are you positive that Loth sent all of you on suicide missions? I I was there at, you know, I issuing the orders. Uh, Feather actually tried to accompany me on mine before I told him he should go do his mission. But uh, he had some high-profile assassination attempt. Um, and what if he succeeded? I couldn't tell you. I mean, I don't know what happens if you succeed. We were supposed to die on the mission. If you come back, you were either re... You might have been repurposed, might have just been killed as a damn, that didn't work. Let us do it ourselves. My point is, what if he didn't die and he's still an agent of Loth? Yeah, I know. Are you um, going to be able to come to terms with the fact that we may have to kill him? All I'm saying is, if I sent a soldier on a suicide mission and he came back succeeding that suicide mission, he has more purpose to me alive than dead. Who's to say he even went on the mission? He could have just fucking skipped it. It's an awful quinky dink that he's up here. No, that's that's a cax word. I don't want to see you seeing quinky dink next. Um, I like it. Yeah, there we go. I'm. I think that's going to be a very in the moment decision it's not that i haven't had this thought before it's that i've always just thought well i'll cross that bridge when i've come to it and i don't like that the bridge is in sight uh anyway this guy seems very freshly poisoned within the last day he's not a you know he hasn't been out there long so uh, Feather is still in the area. He's he's a Kenku. Good lord, he's he's really such a nice guy. He's... What do you think this guy did? Well, that depends. If he's just working for food, like if Feather would trade assassination jobs for bounties, I mean that's one thing. But this might have been a hit for Loth. I'd say we're in the 
90% chance this is a hit for Lolf territory. I don't like those odds, but I'll take the 10% chance. Regardless of the odds, are you prepared for the reality that we may have to kill your friend? Probably not. He, I, I like you. You seem like a pretty solid guy. If you can't kill your friend, I'll do it for you. And Cax says that, like, as reassuringly as he can, telling you that he'll kill his fr your friend for you. He seems genuinely sympathetic towards you. You're gonna pat him on the knee while you say it? You two-foot-eight midget? <laughs> Not even legally a midget, I'm an illegal midget. Ah, uh, yes. Um... I'm not sure how much comfort I can take for that, Cax, but thank you. Um, I'm trying to think. If, if he's alive, as far as other members go that could be up here, um, there was a merfolk with us, a uh, Arakakra, and a... Uh, what do they call robot people? Um, the machine mans. What are they called? Cuddies. Sure, a cuddy. I don't think that was the name, but about the same idea. Uh, so, I guess we should keep an eye out for a cuddy, a merfolk, an Arakakra, and a kenku. Do you think merfolk can, can uh, stay alive up here? Don't you need, like, water? I mean, I don't know if there's any rivers up here. That Pretty would cold. work. Oh, yeah. I, I don't know how cold it would have to be before you'd have to leave or take it. We used to travel by rivers, you know, we would have, like, the Aarakocra would be, you know, flying through the trees off to the side. Me and Feather... And uh, Jed, that was the cuddy. We, we would be walking down the river, and the merfolk would be in the river. We would just be sitting there walking around, and some group would jump us thinking they caught us, and they would just swoop in from the tree in the river and just pit them. It was so fucking funny. Oh, the amount of town guards we've caught like that. I don't think reminiscing about the good times with the friend that you're going to have to kill is a good idea. This is a bad time for that. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Okay, um, Thrim, if you want to take a look at this poison, I guess now would be the time, because I'm going to cut it open and see if the, he's made any adjustments. Uh, DM, could I quickly try to mix up a batch of what my last attempt at the antidote was for uh, Deathcap's Whisper? Uh, you could, but you realize that you would need... Uh, access to a lot of like ingredients that you currently wouldn't normally carry. Um, however, you you think that uh, you might be able to locate like an apothecary if they would potentially have one in Karkonig. Oh, I guess what it is. I called it Karamorn from the fucking. <laughs> Very similar. Um. Hmm. So, as as I'm cutting the guy open to take 
you know, samples of the blood and the poison. So the idea with Deathcap's Whisper was uh, first it gets the heart racing, gets the anxiety up, you know, gets the person separated from the group because they become increasingly paranoid then delusional then sometimes delirious and that's usually when a, a feather would get the drop on them when they were just totally unaware of anything going around around them and they had separated themselves from a main group and he was fucking good with poisoning people like you know this he, he got some of this shit into food i don't even know how he pulled it off we poisoned this one uh like son of a baron or something or son of a garrison and it was like i don't know how he got into that kitchen you know he's a fucking kenku but uh he he, he snuck right in and was able to s slip it into one of those the, the sauce that covers the chicken uh whatever it is and he was able to put it in there this thing is you know tasteless it's and i'm gonna finish putting it in a little vial and shaking it up Okay, um, this is suddenly a lot more worrisome. Is a Kerr Koenig where the orb is? Or is that just close to where the orb is? Are you asking meta, or are you asking group? Whoever knows. I'll ask Nyx that. What are you asking me now? Uh, do we know if Kerr Koenig is where the orb is, or is it just near where the orb is? We have no idea. We just know that a magical pulse is coming from the north. Kerr Koenig may... Kerr Koenig is just the next step. <clears throat> we may find more clues as to finding the pulse, but we don't even know that the pulse is an orb. It's all just theory right now. Okay, cool. Cool, 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 cool. Um... I'll look at through If you want to play around with the poison or the body, feel free. Um, I'm going to go check on uh, Hatchet and the other dude inside. Okay. Uh, I also want to check all the food supply in here. You know, throw it out if it's even a little suspicious. Alright, so you want to examine everyone's rations and all that stuff? Yeah. Alright, yeah, if you guys... Uh, opt to show key and have him look over. Uh, sure. And as I'm looking him over, like, I'm trying not to, but I'm like, ah, yeah, man, Feather was able to get into this guy's rations one time. You know, like, we'd attack the front of the camp and he got into the ration supply. And it was, like, he, he's gotten into crazy, like, just trying not to reminisce about it, but <laughs> clearly failing in this task. All right. Is there any, anybody in this current group who is not going to have him look over your rations, or he's welcome to look at my rations, but he will see that they look like a bag full of squishy, transparent marbles. X, what the fuck are you eating? Oh, uh, I, I picked these up in Long Saddle a while back. These are beads of nourishment. It's equivalent to a day's meal. <laughs> you're, you're eating beads? Food's never really mattered to me as long as I have the energy to get through the day. Well, I at least they're not on a string, am I right? And I'll put them back. <laughs> and I'll show him my water skin and I will 
pour it out and he'll notice that way more water than should come out is just dumping out of this water skin. Hey man, I, I really don't want to have to re-clean this hut. Could you stop dumping your water out on the ground? I think you're good. At this point, my... I mean, what's a water skin typically? Like three quarters of a gallon at best? Probably. At, at this point, my water skin has probably dumped out three or four gallons worth of water when he says that. And I just, oh, right, I'll, I'll cork this. <laughs> I, I don't think my water's poisoned. This is a magical water skin as well. You don't say. Yeah, I got tired of scrounging for food. No, that's fair. That's fair. I need I need to be able to walk, but I don't. I don't. I, I won't eat meat. So, you know, this this seemed like a good way to go. Okay, I think we're all good. We should be fine. Uh, I, I'm going to leave this hut up. We can enter and exit at will. No one else can. How long will the hut last? Uh, it's concentration. I could just keep it up for the whole night. Hey, Ethan, how long does the hut last? It's con I can hold. I can hold it up as as long as I theoretically one i think naturally it's like 12 hours maximum but so key do you, do you leave the hut to go uh talk to hatchet and that guy yeah do you leave the hut i leave the hut as he walks out of the dome itself it it's as if everyone got bombarded by like hurricane force winds as the nice temperature immediately reverts back into cold frigid temperatures as Liaman's tiny hut disappears. Damn. I, I didn't drop it though. You no. didn't. Read your description. Read your description. Oh, if I leave, if, I leave <laughs> second... if you leave, it disappears. Also, it only, <laughs> it only lasts for eight hours. Damn it, D&D &D Beyond. I just copied and pasted their description and it says nothing about that. Yeah, I was looking at your, yeah, the uh, duration's blank on your character sheet for that. So you do have oh, the spell, spell you do have the, the spell ends okay. if you leave the area, though. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, wait, this is perfect. I step out and the hut disappears. I'm like, fuck, fuck, I forgot, I forgot. <laughs> Fine, we can spend the night in the shelter and not be suspicious. I, I can recast it later. I'll recast it later. Let's just go inside. <laughs> Fucking cold up. That's why I tried to give you multiple times. I'm like, you leaving the hut? You leaving the hut? <laughs> That's perfect. I, I said I'd forgotten how to cast it. <laughs> right? It, it's all fucking in character. It, it was intentional. Alright, so do you, do you guys all hustle into like the little... Trapdoor. So I imagine you you guys weren't even in the, the hut for maybe 45 minutes while you examined it, you had your conversation, you looked over their rations and water and all that. Um, and that, you did all... Did I make a skating rink? <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, yeah, you have, there's a nice slick, <laughs> circular There's a nice like four, area. Yeah, you could four totally... foot diameter patch of water just 
freezing yeah, into flash the earth froze. Right now. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> if, we guys... keep, if we keep doing it, we can make a shape of balls. Casting. <laughs> <laughs> this is great. Favorite spell. Best spell ever. Um. So you, you guys look down in the hatch and you realize there is like flickering light. Um. That's very like very reminiscent, kind of playing off you as like the hole itself is like almost like blocks of ice um and there is like a a wooden ladder that's propped up against one side that goes down maybe just like five feet down uh thrim will have to like crouch when he gets inside there but you all uh, hustle in there to get away from the element especially after being in such like luxurious temperatures for a while um you go in and see that hatchet is passed out um kind of curled up into like a little ball almost right next to a, a fire that's like right in the center of it and you realize above you uh there's a couple of um holes in the domed ceiling and you realize it's like large blocks of like smooth ice uh, essentially like a semi underground like igloo shaped uh shelter after and poisoning someone, uh, please refrain from saying someone is passed out in a ball. Oh, you, you, you hear almost this like hissing coming yeah. from Hatchet. <laughs> hey, there you go. I'll give you that. Um, uh, Perchak is, is sitting there, and he seems to be like snacking on some jerky, and he sees you all and waves you over. I, I looked outside and saw there was this big purple thing. I assumed it was you guys, or else uh, we'd be dead. It was. It was. So Don't worry. I'm, uh, I'm glad we're not dead, but have a seat next to the fire. Is the uh, body still up there? Yeah. Uh, look, I got what I needed out of it. Um. Yeah. Uh, you guys should really stick to rations and even double check your rations and as he says that he just like pulls the jerky away from his mouth and you just see him like go Bleh. I'm not hungry right now and places his jerky on the ground <laughs> um yeah uh be very careful about what you consume that's about all the help I can offer. Okay. Um, we'll have to go and maybe put some snow over the, the body. Uh, predators at night might try to grab it and rip it apart and take it away. Uh, you know, really, we really should bring uh, bring this poor guy back to, uh, you know, be uh, put to rest properly. Why are you afraid of ghosts? Uh, no, more or less, my dad would say it's the honorable thing to do. And I did have a conversation with Hatchet, and we haven't found any wildlife to bring back for my dad, so at least this uh, this will prevent me from getting my ass kicked. Is uh, your dad important? Uh, no, he just... He's kind of a weird master leather worker guy, and he wanted to move up here to find some exotic furs and trade and leather, thinking he was going to get rich, and we, we live like normal people. We're not poor, but we're not rich either, so... Kind of a kind of a wash, in my opinion. 
Well, if it's any consolation, the winds up there are so hard that odds are the body will get covered in snow so predators won't get to it. I hope so. And the blood smells so stank from the uh, poison, he's, you know, they're probably not going to eat him anyway. Yeah, well, Hatch is sleeping now. He can uh, wake up maybe like seven, eight hours and help out with, with keep an eye out. Maybe we even can even find something to, to bring back to my dad. Who knows? I'm just going to look over at Nex and say an Elvish. Should I just grab the body? And then gently nod. All right, so Thrum's going to climb up out, grab the body, and then walk back over and just toss it down the hole. You see Protect, like, jolt when that happens. And then climb back down. Oh, uh, thanks. I appreciate that. You guys are... In Elvish, I'll say, anytime. He just kind of, like, cocks his head at you. I, uh... I, I, I don't speak that one. I'm I'm sorry. It's uh. Hmm. Yeah, you you can relay the ration info to Hatchet when he wakes up. Sure. But sure. If your father is of any importance, you know, uh, no matter how small you think it is, uh, I would still be very careful. If you have some way to contact him, I would recommended telling him to be careful with his food uh that afraid i got nothing on me i know yeah some people have those like sending stones or they have a wizard with them that can you know speak to people but yeah i got nothing but i mean maybe like in the morning mid-morning we might be able to be back in town sure. i think well uh we can drop off the body and uh i can go off and, and find my dad Leave you guys off wherever wherever you're headed. Alright. So I, I guess we should get some rest. Alright. So uh Perchak doesn't seem like he's tired at all, so he will um be taking first watch. He already mentioned that uh Hatchet would take second watch, so uh fit yourselves wherever you'd like to be for for watches. I'm, I'm I'm taking first watch. Um, Nix is gonna do his thing, down for four, up for the rest of the night. Cool, cool. Uh, he is going to do something before he goes down, though. Okay. But we'll get to that when they make their decisions. Another rest of you bastard just taking advantage of a whole night's sleep. Yeah, I'm just gonna sit in a chair, take off my helmet, and kind of twirl it in my fingers, you know, like, just holding it by the middle ones and just spinning it. Yep. Thrym's gonna go to sleep. Okay. Axel sleep. Sure. Alright, so, um... At one point, uh, Perchak, like, beckons you, he goes, uh, do you wanna go up together to scout, or... You asking me? Yeah. Um... Yeah, you and Perchak are first watch uh, it, yeah uh, he's pretty deep in thought and he's gonna have that like realization oh 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 me um uh I'd say two but knowing this guy I 
Not sure it'll help either way, but you really, uh, you're really not making this uh, first watch uh, too uh, too hopeful here. As far as watch goes, we should, you know, just stare at the ladder, make sure we, no one else comes down. We can do that. We just got to be very careful on our way out. Sometimes a lot of the predators know, like we're down here, and sometimes in the morning. We've never happened to me and Hatchet, but sometimes you go up there and they wait for you and then they got to pounce on you. So that's why I offered to, to go up and look because occasionally knowing that they're out there kind of gives you a little bit of a advantage in it. But if you're concerned about that assassin, we are more than welcome to do that too. I'd prefer nice. not to get eaten. I'd prefer not to get stabbed. I prefer not to get poisoned, you know, shit like that. My shield's up against the wall and I'm a tat pat it eh, I, I, I could probably just go up first and use that to cover our head from any pouncing oh okay portable roof eh all right so in your igloo setup um which is just very reminiscent of your leoman's tiny hut essentially except uh a lot colder and uh icy um go ahead and roll your perception check um that is a 15. 15. Uh, at one point, while everyone else is kind of snoozing, um, you and Perchak both hear like what sounds like a traveling wind, um, but you're noticing variations of like portions of it that are a little high or too low versus like the whole thing. And he goes, hey, hear that? to unsheath uh, the swisher, but like it's not a steady hand, like it's kind of shaking. And he, he, he pats his hand on, no, 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 those that's uh, no threat to us, but judging from hearing it, and he kind of like gets up and goes closer to the ladder. Yeah, those are the snowdrift wolves. Traveling packs, they're uh, their skin is shit. You'd think for things that can live up here nice and tough, but once you kill them and take off the fur, it's disgusting. But anyway, they're... Sounds like they're kind of far away. I don't think we need to worry about it, and they're pretty vocal, so if they got closer, we'll, we'll all start to hear it. I'm gonna fully extend the swisher and lean it up against the wall beside me. And then just go back to kind of spinning my helmet, staring at the ladder. Okay. And for the rest of your um, rest uh, is rather uneventful. You do realize, and now that everything's quiet, you do see at one point Perchak gets up, and there is like a rather large chest uh, off to a, the side. And, you know, you, you'd think of it having just right as he opens it up there, it seems to be a large amount of like firewood, like old, like almost like dusty firewood that's just kind of stockpiled in here for people traveling through. So he takes a bunch of this, throws it on the fire, and that's what perpetually keeps uh, your shelter from getting too cold uh, during the night, that it's moderately comfortable. Um, so then after that, uh, Perchak is like, yeah, you want to, I'll wake up him if you want to get your uh, elf, dark elf. Drow. Well, dr drow, that's it. If you want to get him up, I think he said he would do second. 
no, it, it, it's fine. He still has another two hours to go. Oh, I'm, shit. Not, I'm, I'm, I'm not tired or sleepy. You, okay. You, you can go to bed, though. I'm, All I'm right. Good. And he goes over, and he just kind of, like, gives Hatchet, like, this, like, playful kick on the shin. He goes, hey, hey, buddy. Yeah, you're up. And you hear, like, this, like, like hiss, almost, that just, if you were to personify it, it sounds like a groan, as Hatchet just kind of, like, gets up, just sits down cross-legged, and begins to, like, stretch out. And get up, and you see he's, like, starting to do, like, stretches, and as he's doing it, you kind of hear, like, these, like, exhalations of, like, just, like, relieving, like, tension. And Hatchet looks over at you and just, just nods, and he goes and puts his back up against where the ladder, next to the ladder, and just kind of sits there with his arms crossed, with his head kind of back as if he's, like, listening. Hatchet, I know you were asleep for this, but don't eat any food that isn't your rations. Double check your rations, too. He he nods and gives you, like, a nice, like, scaly thumbs up. Okay. I would like to do a mild retcon. Yes. Uh, at the beginning of Key's watch, before Nyx went down, he did want to do something. Sure. He wants to pull out the coin of sending. To speak to Ilganoth. Okay. Um, in Undercommon, because I know sending you have to actually speak. Uh, so in Undercommon, he's going to simply ask, is there any new insight to the magical pulses from the north? That's it. That's it. Okay, I didn't want to interrupt if you had more to add to that. I only have 25 words, and this is all Nyx needs to know. He's looking for better direction. Sure. You you wait a little bit, and then the familiar already going into your brain casually, but just the typical, like, mind flayer version of it. Um, you hear, you just kind of hear in, in, your, in the typical dismembered voice, nothing that will ask Gromph to communicate with Veyron. We do have word on... The drow advancing on Silvery Moon. Fuck. All right. And that's all you have. All right. So after I get that, Nyx will settle, go into his meditation, and down for four. And then he gets up. (laughs) And then he wakes up. Hey! (laughs) And then he wakes up and sees Key doing whatever the fuck Key's doing. He's doing Key things. Doing key things. Key things. And he will stand up, go over to key, and just very simply say, You you may rest now. I've got this. Your watch is over. Not really that tired, but uh I I I guess I should try. I can understand your anxiety in this situation, but you should try your best to rest I'll lay down but I'm not going to sleep for another hour and a half, two hours just not fall asleep so where is Hatchet? Uh, Hatchet is close to the ladder going up Um, arms crossed, he's standing up arms crossed, he's leaning up against the wall 
but he has his like neck up and he's still wearing the scarf over like his his like snout and and face and you can see that his eyes are like semi open and you get the impression he's like listening to the the wind and trying to pick up on anything out there so i'm going to <clears throat> stand near hatchet and in a low voice, I'm not trying to wake anybody. In perfect draconic, I will say to him, You're not a man of many words, are you? And as you say that in draconic, his eyes go wide and then turns towards you. And you see... Uh, roll an insight check on the expression he gives you. Ooh, uh, 21. Now, it it's, you haven't known a ton of Dragonborn in your life. Um, however, just based off his body language, like the arms become uncrossed and like almost the casualness, you get the impression from the eyes that he like nods towards you, but there's almost like this like squinty eyed as in like, he's like pleased to hear Draconic. And he he walks up to you and he gives almost like a shrug and then he takes his scarf and pulls it down and you realize that the the lower part of his like jaw is like almost completely missing. And he he kind of like looks a little embarrassed by it and then he quickly puts the scarf like back up over his mouth. But he does, like, very, like, slowly, as if he's not trying to, like, body language. He just kind of, like, gives you, like, this really, like, gentle pat. And he goes back to his uh, post. Well, I understand your silence now. I am sorry for whatever caused that. But I, I would like to ask you a question. And he gives you a curt nod. Have you ever seen a situation like that before? And I'll point back at the poison body. The item in question that you and I were talking, does 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 that also do written as well? Or is that just verbal? Uh, two seconds. It specifically says speak. So I don't believe I will understand written. Okay. He he takes a claw and all along like the essentially like the, the ice bricks that kind of line the wall, you see him write in very shaky common um the the word never. Alright. Well it's good to know that this isn't that this isn't a recurring event. But just Seems a little convenient. He begins to etch a, a larger sentence. Um, you realize there are a couple like minor spelling mistakes in it, but it essentially reads out to, will Kerchak be safe? If Kerchak is your main concern, then yes. We will make sure that the both of you are returned to the city safely. He, he etches, thank you. Nix will, you know, give a genuine nod of, you know, you're welcome. 
and he'll assume a position near the hatch, doing the same thing the hatch is doing, listening for whatever's going on. And while he's doing this, he, he the other members of his troop have seen him do this before, where he kind of flips a ball of lightning between his fingers like a like a coin, like you'd see a gangster flipping a coin between his fingers. But as he's doing that, he's kind of watching it and watching that little blue ball of lightning shift colors every once in a while. But while he's doing that, he'll be he'll be listening for activity above the hatch. Sure. Um, and while you do that, you do notice like this like scratching noise as you see um, hatchet like etching away the sentences he wrote on the wall. That way, no one else could read them. I'll walk over and press to digitate them away. He, he he gives like this very like almost like a bow. Very, very, like, slick, like, bow towards you in appreciation. And I will very quickly shake my hands and be like, please don't bow. I'm not about that. And he, he, he puts a hand up to his, his chest, and he, he extends, like, a scaly arm hand towards you. And I will very, very awkwardly fist bump this dragonborn. <laughs> cool. Um. So at this point, I'll have you roll your perception check. Percepicep. Percepicep. Hmm, not as fun. The 14. Okay, um, you see, um, Hatchet at one point. He gives you, like, almost like a one minute kind of thing and goes up the ladder. And you hear the, the wind kind of howl up there a little bit. Um, you notice the nighttime, the, the wind gets absolutely fucking fierce. And yeah. after about five or so minutes uh hatchet comes back down he's got frost all over his furs um and he just gives you like a confident thumbs up that everything looks good on the outside okay. uh throughout your uh night you don't hear anything besides the howling of the wind that just kind of it almost kind of reminds you of how some of the caverns in the underdark will have like wind blowing through and at certain areas it will cause like a moaning effect so you're kind of getting a little bit of that and, and in a weird kind of way it kind of like takes the edge off the tension uh you guys have all been experiencing since finding this body it's one of those weird like heirloom memory kind of things that you have of random times of peace that you've had yeah peace Peace. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and right. however, your uh, your watch goes by uh, uneventful. Uh, how long would you say that lasts for the sake of my mage armor? Which was um, right before we, right, right when we got to the. When you got inside. Well, because no, when we arrived at the hut, right before Key cast his fancy ass dome. Basically, has it been eight hours? Should I? It has. Yeah, it's it's been eight. Uh, yeah. All right. I'll yeah. just. Yeah. All right. I'll yeah, say major, of... major armor is down. Okay. Full now. All right, and then after a little longer, for the sake of uh, everyone else, begins to stir. Cax and uh, Thrym. You even see uh, Kerchak get up, and you do see. Uh, key take a little longer 
to to rouse as he did go to bed a little bit later. Um, and rather than kind of kick him and say, let's fucking go, asshole, uh, you guys all kind of realize he's kind of thinking about stuff and kind of let him get a couple extra hours of rest while um, your two uh, members begin to take the body and help each other get it back out. Um, the, the sled was kind of tied up outside. Um, and are you all headed back outside the dome at this point? Or are you guys chilling inside while they're doing that? When my party awakens, I'm going to inform them that Elganoth told me that the uh, drow army is making its advances against Silvery Moon and that we need to move quickly. So, when everybody's ready, we should start making tracks, like, now. Sure. Um, since I was up for an extra, like, five and a half hours, I assume I have a point of exhaustion? Um, you, they, they let you sleep in, so I'd, I'd say for the sake of, of everything going on, they, they let you sleep in a couple extra hours, so I, I wouldn't discount, I wouldn't have you take a point of exhaustion. All right. Alright, so I'll, like, when we go to move the body, I'll just, I'll look at the Dragonborn. Oh, they had already, while you guys were getting oh, up, they, uh, they did it already. Yep, they are, they, they helped, right. tried to help out with that. Alright, never mind then. <laughs> so you, uh, as you guys, uh, climb out the ladder and put the hatch down, um, you look over and it looks like Kurtak is getting, like, straps to, like, hold the body down on the sled. And then uh, Hatchet offers his hand and uh, takes, like, the the reins of it and kind of ties it around his belt in a weird way. So that way, just as Hatchet's walking, he just drags the sled. Um, and without any further pomp and circumstance, you guys begin to make your way what seems to be uh, north uh, northwest at this point, following the, the log trail. Um, and at this point would be, I think, a perfect time for us to take our break. Jesus Christ. And right. we're back. And we're <laughs> back to Dungeons and Dragons and not bad things. <laughs> Thanks for not elaborating. Uh, anyway, back to the adventure. How the, uh, how the fuck do we transition back to that after this? But anyway, um, you all uh, go along with your uh, two uh, very strange Frozen North allies who may or may not be uh, stranger than the ones found outside the uh, Ice Dragons uh, burrow arena there, depending on your opinions on things. Um... The rest of your journey for, for only seven or so hours, uh, I'd, I'd say by a little afternoon, um, Perchak and Hatchet kind of point and show you, and it looks like there's like a dip where you can't see past the horizon. And as you get closer, you realize that it goes downhill, and suddenly this huge vista opens up. And you realize that you're on the perimeter of this massive frozen lake. Um, in this area, it's pretty close to the other side. But if you look off to your left, or sorry, the west, you realize this frozen lake stretches 
far beyond the horizon, and it just goes on forever. Um, across the lake, however, you see a massive, tall cliff that goes up, and you actually see a lot of black smoke rising, and you realize that in this cliff facing, on multiple tiers going all the way down to the water, is the settlement of Kerr Koenig. It is built into the cliffside all the way down to what look like frozen docks down at the bottom. And as you guys make your way around, um, like, northeast to kind of circumnavigate the the, the lake, there is a path that goes up a, a gradual uh, area that looks like there is some sort of... Um, like roadway underneath because occasionally you see bits of cobblestone but you see snow drifts have kind of come here and there to cover a lot of it uh you see a bunch of the log paths but now they're like every like 150 feet that bring you right up to the top of that and that in and of itself takes about half an hour um you, as you kind of travel and you guys begin to get more elevation, look down, you realize that there are smaller huts dotted all over the lake. And they're billowing out some smoke. Um, and Perchak notices you guys kind of looking around. He points out that that's where most of the food here comes from, is uh, the crazy amount of fish that can be found underneath the frozen lake you also get a little bit of a history lesson where for maybe only a couple months out of the year, it does get warm enough to where that lake can thaw. And he points out that there seem to be some large buildings next to the docks and they're, they're huge. He points out that there are like fishing vessels and even transports uh, that can travel to the other side of the lake, which can go to other, um, settlements that are, are dotted along the lakeside and they all kind of use this lake as like a central area and that the tundra still exists for you know 50 miles at least in each direction outwards from here but this is the hub of this entire frozen north uh, you guys do eventually uh get up to what i guess you could consider would be the settlement proper where you're starting to see Almost normal-looking houses, but they're made out of mostly stone. Um, not a lot of wood. You, you notice that in this area, wood is kind of at a premium. Um, but there seem to be a lot of, like, stone buildings with, like, a lot of thatched roofs. But for the most part, they seem to almost have, like, very rectangular, like, slate roofs that kind of uh, help keep a lot of the weight of the snow off of it as, like, the, the wind just blows it off as you observe kind of the the nature of how this town interacts with its environment and kind of lives in a, a strange harmony. Uh, you begin to see a lot of the uh, citizenry here, uh, mostly all tall, muscular, humanoid men. Um, all, most, if not all of them, are carrying some sort of large two-handed weapon of some sort, either an axe, a mace, um, like large two-handed broadswords, things like that. Um, and they kind of like nod to all of you. Um, Nixon, Thrym, and and um, Key, uh, Cax, I'm sorry, do get the occasional like glance 
Um, and you do see even larger uh, groups that, of course, in any settlement, you notice as like a group of like guards essentially walking by. And you see like the group head towards you and you see Perchak like wave them. And almost immediately they kind of just divert off of you. And like Perchak like gives you guys like a little bit of like a thumbs up as if he just kind of helped you guys avoid a little bit of a awkward encounter with people who would find you uh, a stranger. Um, you do recognize there are a decent amount of like w women here, uh, mostly human and uh, not. A There's a couple of like dwarven ones you find, but it's it's this mainly seems to be like a, a human esque settlement. Um, they are shorter, but you notice like a lot of the women are very muscular up here. Um, and most of the women do seem to be carrying ranged weapons um, compared to their uh, melee focused uh, counterparts. How short are we talking? Uh, dwarves that would be like four feet tall, three, three to four, three and a half to like four feet tall. Okay. Sorry, this... man. <laughs> you gotta, you gotta scope out your options. Kerchak eventually, Perchak, I keep calling him Kerchak. Uh, he he brings you over to a a flat area, almost uh, overlooking the entire lake, and you realize that. This domed building he's bringing the sled to um, really gives off like a place of worship vibes. Um, and judging from the outside, you're not able to get a bead on anything. But as you, uh, he he brings you inside, and actually, this he brings the sled right on inside of the building. Uh, there are some people in, like they they're wearing furs, but the way they're wearing them almost are reminiscent of like robes, almost rather than like binding furs to like wrap these are more like hanging off like very like elderly looking humans um and as you get inside you you guys are inundated with a lot of like visual visualization here and you guys see large spiky statues of uh some fantastical looking beasts and regular monsters uh actually line the walls on the side and you actually recognize um, one of them being the the two creatures that burst up out of the ground, the 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 remorazes or remorazes. Um, it's just like a, a a spiky statue of it, and a few other ones that you guys don't recognize. Um, you you do see like a large like wolf like statue as well, so you get the impression that these are the type of creatures that exist up in this frozen area. Uh, you see in the back of this rather large domed building a, a painting that's on the back wall and it depicts a large man in golden plate armor with numerous spikes on his shoulders uh, bare legs and arms however he's wielding a deadly looking axe in one hand that has blood dripping off of it and a severed head of an orc in the other a fierce looking beast sits next to him reminiscent of a feral black wolf but it is also decked out in golden plate armor as well um, so anybody who is proficient in religion can investigate if they would like. Fuck yes. Ooh, 23. 23. You've heard the whispers and, and you've absorbed all the different knowledge of different gods and stuff. 
and you immediately recognize this is the symbolism of Tempest, the god of war. I had a 14, or a 16. 16, you, you recognize uh, Tempest as well. And and you you both realize that the the vast majority of people who worship Tempest are hot headed barbarians with a death wish. Thrym wants to look at that uh, statue of the Remorak or whatever you called it. Yeah, the the Remoraz, 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 Remoraz. We'll call it that. He just you know it's a stone statue. Sure. Yeah. You 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 look it over. You. <laughs> It's it's certainly not stone giant quality, but it, it does the job. Like you recognized it immediately. Oh fuck, that was that thing that we saw out there. Um, but it does lack some of the finer details that you know that your kin would be able to like get it down to like the scales or maybe the sharpness of the claws, things like that. But you're like, okay, I recognize what it is, so it's okay. Yeah, he's not. It's like it's like a it. it's like a five and a half. It's like a six out of ten. Like it's not horrible. Okay. <laughs> yeah, nothing to spit at. <laughs> uh, towards the front of the room, you do see um, a robed man, and he rushes over to you. And your typical, he he is fucking like still like Hulk Hogan jacked, but he's clearly in his elderly age. Is like the 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 pure like white beard goes all the way down to his belly, and he he walks up to uh, Perchak and he just uh, not another one where did you find him he looks at everybody in general Perchak okay. realizes that oh uh, no we we found him along the, the log path we uh I believe he can confirm that uh, he points to Yuki that this one has been poisoned you said another one. Have there been any other poisonings recently? He shakes his head. He goes, I'll, I'll show you what I mean. Help me bring him to the back. And he he beckons that somebody uh, takes the body and picks it up so that the sled doesn't go through the rest of the, the temple. I'll do it. And as you guys, uh, do you all follow or are you... Yeah. You just let okay. As you guys uh, head to the back, there seems to be like uh, off to the side. There's usual like a hallway that goes down wherever, and you guys guys go past a couple uh, doorways that are closed, and you find uh, a massive arch in the back that opens up, and you hear the old man like opens the creaky door, and there's a a dimly lit room in there with a bunch of slabs. This, no, well, this is the first poison. But it hasn't been the only death we've had in the last couple of days. And he he points to an empty slab uh, for you to put that on. And he, he begins to walk to the back of the room. Yeah, I'll, I'll put it down on the slab. Okay, so there are two other slabs in this room. Um, I wish to inspect the other bodies. I figured you want to. And... The old man just kind of mentions to whoever's listening, he goes, we haven't laid them to rest yet as we wanted to discern what, what exactly their cause of death was and to look for clues upon the matter. Um, as you'll see, pretty obvious what they died from, but however, uh, we still don't know exactly what's been doing this, however. And he points to the first one 
uh, you all see that this is a body of a young man uh, close still on him. However, a black arrow is planted dead center inside his forehead, and the the feathers in the back are almost touching his forehead. It's so deep within his forehead. Um, Key, uh, you recognize this arrow as belonging to Salik. Or Salik. I don't know how we're pronouncing Salik. that. Salik, you recognize the arrows are b belong to uh, him. Yep. And the other body? This one is to the uh, faint of heart, the old man says. And he, he looks and then has to look away again. You hear uh, you hear Perchak almost wretch as the other one on the slab is uh, the body of a strong-looking woman hair down, you've got massive muscles, and she would be beautiful if it wasn't for the massive trauma to the chest and the abdomen areas of her body. And it seems to almost be flattened and caved in in an oval pattern. All the organs and bones seem to be, have been pulverized in the core of this body. Um, key, you get the vision of... Forged O one, hammering into this woman. Uh, fucking Jed. Well, I'm gonna turn to Nix and Draymond Cags and say, "I guess I was the weakest link of the fangs. Everyone else seems to be doing a okay." Well, uh, now there's friends to share. more comrades than actual friends. Feather was a friend. These were more good co-workers. Um, so when we have evidence. Did some damage. So I'm going to tap the arrow. We have Salik, the Aarakocra Ranger. Evidence of him. I'm going to tap the woman. Uh, Jed, the putty machine man thing. Um, right here. We know Feather's already in the area. That leaves Slen, the merfolk. Um, who were these people? And I'm gonna turn to the older, the older man. Well, we've recognized him. He was a young guard looking to prove himself from his officer. I think his name was... He, he called himself Slate. as like a little colloquial nickname. But we all knew him as, uh, as Rand. And the, the woman, unfortunately, the... And he looks, and, and even though, like, the trauma has, like, really done a number, it does look like the face has taken such a beating as well, but nothing was, like, caved in as it was in that. Unfortunately, we're still looking to identify her. Yeah. Well, that leaves no doubt that it's Jed. He always did go overkill. <clears throat> no, I go overkill. That's uh. insanity. <laughs> 
And then yeah. Firm's gonna like look around, realizing he just spoke in common. <laughs> you can speak in common. Whoa! Did 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 he just learn that or something? No, no. I cast tongues on him. He's that's that's why it's. Don't worry about it. Oh, magic! Oh, I should have known. Yeah. yeah. Um. And the the old man is just taking this all in. Uh, excuse me. I. So you know. Who did this? No. I grew up with him, and I'm going to feel the woman's neck, trying to feel where it's broken or something, right? Yep. Yeah. Uh, Jed, uh, his favorite thing to do in a one-on-one was he'd pin someone by their neck with his, you know, tight grip, and then just, you know, over and over and over again, just beat his gears, you know, as hard as he could push them until that person uh, was caved in. Uh, all right i'm gonna try and pull out the arrow from the guy's head slowly but surely all right yeah uh wait wait let me do it all right yeah feel free don't touch the tip though I'm, i'm not sure if uh he's if he has any uh that poison on it i doubt it but just to be safe yeah do i get a do I get a modifier to this? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I know use how to your arrows. <laughs> well, I'm, are are you are you doing it to get the arrow, or are you doing it to be kind to the dead woman here? Yes, <laughs> both. <laughs> I would say I would say roll a d twenty and add your dexterity modifier to see like. Ideally, you you want to remove the entire arrow, but you want to keep the the corpse intact. Yes, absolutely. It's hard because it's right in that skull, you know. You see, you see, uh, Perchak, Hatchet, and the old man like look away as Cax gets up on the table, both legs on each side, and just grabs the arrow and begins to like pull. I don't even think Cax is straddling the body. I got an 18. 18. So you all kind of hear like the sickening like squirt as it like releases from like the brain matter within. And as you pull it out, the arrowhead itself, you have to like wiggle it because it gets stuck in like the forehead flesh and you like pull at it a little bit, but you wiggle it and pull it out. And it is in the shape of like a lightning bolt, like a jagged, like almost like S shape to it. And as if you needed any other proof key, like these were like the arrow of choice to like instantly take someone down. I'm going to investigate this arrow and see if I can't figure out if an arrowhead design like this would do more damage. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Do an investigation on that. Oh, my strongest suit. Intelligence. As as soon as like that weird like sound of it ripping out, I'm gonna look at Key and be like, "I bet your Kenku buddy wishes he was here so he could make that noise." So the last thing I heard before my internet died was the squelching of an arrow being removed from a brain. Okay, so that wasn't it wasn't that far. So, okay. uh, Cax pulled out successfully uh, a black arrow, but the the arrowhead was shaped like an S 
uh, lightning bolt. And then, what, Cax, you wanted to examine it to see... What again? Right. I'm sorry. I, th- I forget. Uh, was to see if like... it would do, if I could figure out if it would do more damage. Sorry, I'm twisting. <clears throat> and Robin gets pissed off when I do that. Uh, I was uh, looking and examining it to see if it would do more damage in a traditional arrowhead. Okay. And I rolled a two on my investigation. Two. Check. Okay. So to me, I don't think it looks I cool. See... Yeah. And I'm gonna I'm gonna offer it to Nix and go. Do you think this one? Would do more damage than this one? That would... Yes. I, I don't know. Well, think of it like this. Your arrows, when they make contact, they just pierce straight through in a straight line. Hmm? This arrow, as soon as it pierces, it's probably going to wiggle a little bit on the way in. This person, before they had a chance to die in that fraction of a second, their intelligence was probably dropped to yours as their brain got scrambled. (laughs) Oh. That was the meanest way you could have phrased that answer. (laughs) I'm going to turn to the to the dude that uh, that like brought us to these bodies or showed us these bodies and goes and say I need a blacksmith and an enchanter do you have either of those in this town probably Uh, depending on what you wanted done but we could point you in the right direction perfect This might have just clicked. Uh, I'm going to pull Nyx aside. If Loth spent the, uh, sent that uh, Lockle, the Yockle, whatever it is, green gooey bitch, or yellow gooey bitch, af- after you, um, do you think this is take number two? If she still has control of these people? Which, the more of them are alive, I'm guessing she does. Especially Jed. Jed was like die hard to her. Yeah. If Varun had the ability, with the help of a demigod, to keep you alive for the past 50 years, even if Loth had sent these folks on their death, who's to say that she couldn't bring them back? And, and, and you know, make them more devout to her. Yeah. And now you're, you're enemy number one. You're, I mean, kind of a weight off my back, but... You're you're the big traitor here. So yeah. Traitor gang, and I'm gonna try to fist bump Nick, so I'm gonna offer my <laughs> I'm just gonna Come on, just of... give me this. It's been a terrible day. Just give me this. <laughs> I will very softly fist bump key. And then Whoa! Wipe, and then wipe my hand on my trousers and walk away. I didn't need the trouser thing, but I'll take what I can get. Yeah. Uh, so <clears throat> I'll turn to Thrim and Cax and say, so we haven't uh, seen evidence of the merfolk. Um, you, you think uh, well, he's in the lake? I mean, how soon is it to thawing? Do you say that out loud? Yeah. The old man, he just kind of like does like the typical like stroking of the long beard and 
probably five months from now, I would assume. Well, he's probably not in the lake then. Either that or if he is, he's hibernating the shit out of the out of us right now. You th- do you think maybe he's down in Mirabal where the Merfolk come from? What a fucking callback, dude. <laughs> <laughs> that, um, yeah. I'm not sure how to tell you this. So I'm going to knock my intelligence down by one for that. Yeah, let's all go ahead and do that. Even the DM's <laughs> going to fucking adjust his stat. <laughs> Joke's on you. My necklace brings it up to ten again. <laughs> all right. So we kind of have to assume that uh, they're gunning for either me or Nyx because... I'm the biggest traitor to them, but Nyx is the the big bad on Lot's on Lot's mind. One key, one thing we're forgetting: our group and Loth were after the same object. Yeah. What if your old teammates are kind of a contingency plan for her, and she sent them in search of these pieces as well? She's got her big campaign going on in the Evermores and Silvery Moon. But you said that your group was sent on specific missions separate from the rest of the campaigns. What if that's what they're here for? Wait. Maybe they're not actually after us. They're just an opposing team searching for the same thing. That would Wait. be beyond convenient if we could get the drop on them. So we're like the champions of Aaron, and they're like the champions of Loth? Yeah. Champions and then you were like a champion word. of Loth, and then you're like, fuck you, spider bitch, and now you're a champion of Aaron. Oh, yeah. Pax's crew versus the Fangs. Keith, how long were you in the ground? Have you figured that out? 56 years, I believe it was. 56, 52. Great. They've got quite the head start. They got quite the head start. It was 56. But so they're they- slow, because it took them... 56 years to get here. They've also aged 56 years. Yeah, which means they've learned 56 years worth of things that you didn't get to. I haven't even been Ah, there. I I was forgetting shit. Like that hut. Great. (laughs) That makes things even worse. I'm sure it does. Well, I turn to the old man and be like, "Where were these bodies found?" Oh, the uh, the young man was found outside of his post at the the northeast of town. Uh, that's roughly where I believe you came from. He looks over uh, at Perjack. He goes, "Yeah, that's that's where that's where we were headed." And then came back. Yeah, your your father will be glad to see you that these bodies have really made everyone a little bit concerned. I mean, between these murders and the whole drama with Umaro, I mean, it's not exactly boring up here. I'm sorry, and the the woman, she was actually found like this uh, overnight in the town square, I'm afraid. 
Yeah, it would have only taken Jed about a good full minute of pounding to get this. That's the joy of having permanently brass knuckles. I want to congratulate every single one of us for not laughing the second he said that. Ah, uh, yeah. <laughs> good guy, job guys. He would you say it's safe to assume that they're in the city right now? Most likely, if they're hitting people in the city, or rather hitting people getting too close to them or too close to the orb. Perchak pops up. Actually, they guards did uh, rush over to us as if they wanted to question these guys, but I waved them off. Obviously, they're not here to harm anybody. I, I understand that, you know, big guys like him, little guys like him, and dark guys like him aren't exactly... Uh, common up here, but we, uh, they've been with us. They they didn't do anything. Whether they found this body roughly at the same time we did. We don't hurt innocent people. X is going to look at Nyx. Innocent people. <laughs> X is going to look away and look at the ground. <laughs> We're not a threat to you and your kind, but this situation has just added an extra level of danger to our previous mission. Well, I think I need that blacksmith and that enchanter soon then. Okay, well, we move as a group. I don't want any of us splitting up. Haven't I been I mean, saying that since day one? <laughs> yeah, but we normally do it in cities to go run errands, but I don't I don't I don't think that applies here. No, I'm not. I, I do also want to go to the apothecary and see what uh herbs they got. You know. Time to continue the old can I crack the death cap whisper. Probably not. Yeah. Maybe with my help we might have a shot. True. Yeah, no. Other set of eyes wouldn't hurt. And again, do we want to just make it known we're here? Easier for them to find us than them to uh, for them to find us than us to find them. Do we want to announce our arrival to a group of elite assassins? Well, uh. I think we should work in teams, if we're going to do that, definitely don't all get caught out at once, but there's strength in numbers, so probably don't announce our arrival. There's, there's nothing that they know that we're here yet. We might be able to just sneak by undetected. So I guess the question is, should we try to engage this force? or? Should we try to race them to the orb and get it before they know we're here? Uh, Perchak speaks up to the old man as the old man is, like, observing this whole conversation. You see, uh, what I've gathered, they haven't really told me the entire thing, and I, I don't blame them, but uh, they seem to be up here looking for, for something. And it brings them up here, and it appears that this group may be uh, 
a rival force with them. I'm going to turn to Perchek and the old man. Uh, I'll stop you there. Uh, the people that did this are my former co-workers, and uh, we're looking for something that'll help stop them. But uh, that's really all you need to know, and I'm trying to stop the former co-workers from getting that thing before we do. Well, we can... Old man speaks up. We can try to help out the best we can. I, I just want to let you know that the entire town is now understandably concerned about the bodies. However, uh, you would be wise to know about... Uh, some of the outside forces here that uh, are already making everybody on edge. There's a, a war leader known as Umaro, and him and his large army of orcs have really all been a minor thorn in our side, but for the past couple months they have been somehow ambushing us, finding us at every opportunity in compromising positions to, to be able to uh, destroy scouts, find ways to, to, to pincher attack uh, traveling war bands of ours. And we honestly don't know how to deal with that. Currently, he's never been much of a threat, but something happened. It's almost as if he can see where we're going to be before we even know it. But... Hold on. Say that again? He can see where you're going to be? Well, it's as if he knows what we're going to do. And... And I, it's ridiculous, I know, but... No, no, no. no. Where, where might we uh, find him? Boomero. Well, it is believed... Uh, it, it might be, it might be better if I, if I show you. And he, he brings you off, and and he he walks essentially out of what is like a makeshift like morgue, um, and and brings you down a couple more doors, and everybody piles into like this small office. Um, Hatchet and Perchak sit outside, so that way you guys. He, it seems like he's not that interested in the information of it, and. He goes, here, over, over, right over here, and he, he points to the wall, and there seems to be a, uh, a map of sorts that's relatively hand-drawn. And he points to it. We're here, Kerkonig. There's not much up here besides endless wastes, a few mountains, a massive group of forests left and right, and I drew this in myself, and he points to the little, like, ice-looking cave. That is what we know as the Crystal Caverns that is home to uh, the orcs, uh, known as the Blood Ice Orcs. Uh, Umaro is somehow in charge of them. He's a small, tiny goblin that, for some weird reason, strikes fear into the heart of these cannibalistic, uh, brutal orcs that somehow eke a living up here. We, we, our armies know he's hiding up there. And, like I said, we aren't out to murder anybody. They're trying to do their own thing as long as they left our people alone. But then, a couple months ago, it's been all-out war. How would you like a hand in that war? 
I have a sneaking suspicion that what we're looking for is in the possession of Umaro. That would be uh, very valuable, and unfortunately... Who the fuck was that? Craig. Craig. Ah, you little bitch! Unfortunately, we... Don't know how you would get there without being seen. A few weeks ago, we sent... Maybe... Two dozen troops... To try to parlay with Umaro. Yeah, little cunt, you fuck yourself. And... Only four of them returned, even before we got a chance to parlay with him. He... Like I said, it sounds ridiculous, but it's almost like he knows we're coming. How would that be any different with you? I feel like I would just be... If you went up there, you'd be marching into a death trap. Could we lure him to us? He sits down and, and pulls out, like, a, a notebook. And he, he gets a pen ready. He goes, what did you have in mind? Why are they attacking you? Well... As far as we know, it's over territory. The uh, area long ago claimed to be part of the Blood Ice Orc territory. We, our, our ancestors, kind of threw them back. Back to the ice caves, the crystal ice caves, and a few other minor strongholds in the forest way to the east seems somehow Umaro has risen the spirits of those orcs living with him into a frenzy into thinking they could reclaim this territory. Do you have any idea of the number of orcs that he has under his command? I wouldn't have those numbers, but I'm sure I could get you that number if I could get back to you. I have a few members of the guard who could help us with information like that. If I had to guess, at least 1,500 orcs. Like I said, the, somehow Umaro can just throw these orcs into a meat grinder and they'll follow to their deaths. Yeah, it's about five more than I can kill in one day. <laughs> wonder if the fangs know about this they've been here longer so either they're in cahoots with him or they just don't know about it so they haven't moved well if you're frat ex-friends co-workers co-workers ex-co-workers uh, if they're under the same goal as you are maybe they've been skulking around town trying to find information from the unfortunate victims they're uh, torturing? Maybe trying to suss out where whatever you're looking for is? I mean, that seems to be why you all are here, right? They're just kind of maybe doing it in a more evil fashion than all of you are. Well, even then, by staying in the town, they'd uh, 
they'd hear, you know, all about this Ulu and his, you know, almost future site. So you'd say it's mostly, you know, uh, human men, dwarven women, you know, sort of a same racial demographic. Mm-hmm. Have you seen a Kenku, an Arakakra, or a Warforged? No. Seeing anybody like that would cause the town to get in a little bit of a, a, a gossip frenzy, if you would. In the winter like this, there's not much to do besides fishing and drinking and hunting. So if any one of those were to come to town, they would probably be bombarded with people asking them questions as well as everyone else knowing that they're in town. So they're not staying in town. No, but they may be just outside of town. Yeah. They've got to have a camp nearby. Or worse, they've joined up with the other camp. But that's weird. Why wouldn't they just kill Ulu, take the orb, and ditch him? Maybe that's not their mission. I mean, between a merfolk, warforged Kenku and an Arakakra, it can't be that hard to relay information to, uh, you know, the people. It'd be a quick relay, which would provide the illusion he can see what's going to happen. Oh, hey, how do you feel about being bait? Someone's got to do it, and I guess it's my turn. I mean, Tax <laughs> has been bait, and then he's been bait, and then he's been bait, and then he was bait again. So, <laughs> I guess it's fair I get to do it. Yeah, well, what better target for your uh, previous co-workers? And the best part is, you guys don't have to announce you're here. Just me. Yeah. Cax, were you trying to say something? Uh, I was just counting. Was I off on my count there? Did you have a couple more times as bait than I did a suit? I thought it was three. I can't think of the fourth. Alright, sweet. I got the count right. Let's, uh... I'll be bait. You guys distance yourselves from me enough to not associate with, and we'll uh, we'll figure it out. Can I go see a blacksmith and an enchanter first? How close is the blacksmith to the apothecary? Oh, uh, both of those probably are located closer to the bottom of the cliffside. Uh, easier access to the docks. So if I went to the apothecary and you guys went to the blacksmith, you're nearby, but... Oh, most of their attacks seem to be happening during the cover of night. If we travel together as a group during the day to get these errands completed, they'll... If they're in town, disguised or otherwise, they'll see you walking around with a group of people. That's what I'm saying. We, we feel split like that's, up to you I three feel, and me by myself. I feel like that's inconsequential because they're going to watch you when you're alone. Yeah, but they it'd could, be nice they to know that they don't you, know my backup. They could see you with the group during the day, but at night, you go out walking by yourself. The rest of us try to 
hide in the shadows. <clears throat> and if they try to ambush you, we're there to offer support. I think it'd be a lot easier to hide if they weren't expecting a group to uh, be there in the first place. Look, if you want to go out on your own and get killed, that's your, that's your call. I think keeping a stone's throw distance away at all times would be prudent. Especially because if you guys aren't associated with me yet, then they're not going to be looking for a stone giant, a drow, and a kobold to make sure you guys aren't in the area if they try to go after me. Unless they're seeing this conversation right now, which is taking a long time. <laughs> yeah. All right. I'm going to go announce myself. If you guys want to uh, hang with me, I'll be going to the apothecary. If you guys want to go with uh, Cax to the blacksmith, feel free. Uh, I think we should try to keep, you know, a few degrees of separation, but... Before you leave, at least take this. I'm going to hand you a potion of cure poison. <laughs> this versus the poison without a cure let's see who wins <laughs> uh, I mean there is always one way we always know where Key is the sound of his armor clanging together well that and what's the other sound he always makes praise Baron you want to oh. announce yourself in a foreign town, do it the oh, way you always do. Oh, that, we'll, that was my game. <laughs> we will I, I, know exactly where you are. How do they feel seeing an X Fang ready to start a church? Do you have the gold to start another church? Always do. You want to make a wager? I've learned my lesson. I'm going to oh. add no gambling to the list of Veyron's tenants. <laughs> oh, so you're already convinced you're going to fail at making this church? Where's your faith key? Hey, I'm Ooh. making this church here. <laughs> so you're willing to bet on that? I'm not willing to bet. So I, don't don't like taking, I don't like taking money from a baby, you know? That's like Pinning a woman to a wall and beating the shit out of her. Oh, no, I, I shouldn't have done that. Anyway. <laughs> do we have to do that disclaimer? Be like, some of our content uh, could be considered uh, insensitive and too graphic for some listener. Every episode is labeled explicit. Perfect. Listener discretion is advised. <laughs> All right. Raise Bayroom, boys. And I'm going to walk out and go to the town square. Okay, uh, so if he's headed that way, um, you as you walk out the do door uh, key, um, you see you see the the two boys hanging out there, and the they see you like walk out on your own. Ah, where where are you going? I'm gonna show him my shield and tap it. The town square. I need to spread the good word. Oh, oh, okay. Just looks of total confusion. You do you know where that is? I mean, I think so. I'll, I'll walk around. I'll find it. Oh, okay. Well, where's Baron? Uh, yeah, we're gonna stick around here. We gotta talk to the old guy real quick one more time. 
but I think your friends are still in there, right? Ah, I mean, yeah, I guess. All right. And he leans back up against the wall. He's like, ah, be, be safe. Always am. So in, inside the room, the, the old man sighs. I... I do my best to worship the tenets of Tempest. War and conflict is always something that everybody in this settlement, at least, is ready, willing, and able to do. Unfortunately, when like fear tactics like assassinations and things like this are involved, uh, these people aren't cut out for that kind of thing. I hope, uh, I hope what he does helps to resolve the issue and prevent more useless deaths. At least if someone's going to die, they should die in battle, like Tempest wants. He's fighting against disgusting cannibals in honor of your hometown, that, that kind of thing. But I'll try to find the numbers of what we think Umaro has. I will uh, I'll also try to find out a little bit more information for you uh, next time you speak. Uh, do, are you have you found a place to to stay for for the night? No, we don't have lodging. Um, I would uh, recommend there's a, a kind of cozy inn in the middle of the the cliff facing with some nice views of the lake and everything. Uh, tend to don't ask a lot of questions and they can get a little rowdy there, but you folk look like you can handle yourselves. It's called the, the salted trout. Ew. So I will try to find this information. If you're staying there, I know where you are. I can send the information over, or I can take a trip myself to deliver it to you. I'll also see if I can't get involved with, uh, uh, we have two council members who are currently in town. You see the other settlements around the lake. We kind of have a little bit of a council that kind of helps run all the individual towns as a whole. Uh, I believe there are two of them in town. I'll see if I can get them involved and maybe try to drum up some forces if we come up against Umaro again. Unfortunately, he he seems to know when we're weakest. All of a sudden, we'll pull troops out of one settlement and suddenly five or six houses are on fire because they've snuck through the defenses and tried to raise the town. So I'm not sure if they'll be willing and able to pull off of troops to show Umaro a weakness he may be able to exploit. It sounds like you all have business to do in town. Like I said, the places you want to visit, small one, are at the south. And your friend seems to know where he's going. And uh, is there anywhere in particular you two would be headed as well? No, I have no. Uh, I have no dealings with merchants today. Very well. I is think, there any uh, place around that? I don't know makes poisons of different types? Uh, not that I'm aware of. We're, we're more of a... Since we deal with hunting and trapping mostly, we, we tend not to use poisons to kill the prey. It tends to mess yeah. with the meat and uh, also with the hide and armor and things that we can sell. Things like that. Yeah, that that's fair. I was but, just thinking maybe if, like, you know, bigger predators. Well, usually we just throw a whole bunch of 
those big muscular guys at it that tends to do the trick. Fair enough. But maybe the apothecary could have uh, something of use. I mean, you know, for every couple potions or poultresses that someone makes, you know, the right combination could be deadly. True. I have heard at one point the things that heal in small doses can kill in larger. That could very well be true, young one. Small one. Little one. Young and small. Oh, okay. Everyone's young to me. Anyway, I, maybe I, not Nix. I suppose we know what caused the death, so we should probably get to work on putting those poor souls to rest. He gets up and he he rolls up the map and 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 hands it to you, Cax. You're the closest one to him. He's like, keep this for reference in case you need it. I can always drum up more of those. We'll do what business we have to in town but you'll be able to find us at the end. I think regardless, if you're... I mean, it's getting kind of late. If you if you spend the night, uh, I'll, I'll come by, reg- you know, let you know what information I found by the morning. That way you're not waiting all day for me. Thank you. My pleasure. So he, uh, he kind of escorts you out of the office and he says his goodbye and walks back to where, like, the temporary morgue is at the back of the building, leaving you guys in the hallway of the Temple of Tempest. Alright. The key's off on another suicide mission. Cax, <laughs> You mean you a had, normal mission. Yeah. Cax, you had some seemingly pressing things you wanted to say to? Huh? Sorry, I was, I was writing on the map. Please don't write on the map. We need to be able to read it. You can read it, and Cax is going to turn the map around to show you. And it's very shakily written. We are here, pointed at the city, in in ink. Oh my god, he actually did it. Of course I did it. I was given the map. Uh-huh. <laughs> I-, I love how Key was like, whatever we do, don't split the party. Soon and as he's he just like, the let's chance, fucking go, instantly baby. splits himself from the party. <laughs> So I would say, for, I say not as I do. So for the sake of it being two and you guys are uh, doing uh, a couple separate things as uh, I usually try to end our, our session on a, a fun little cliffhanger or whatever, but it probably is appropriate for us to end it here. Um, and I'll talk to our two people who have big plans uh, for uh, for next session. That way we can like really flesh out what you guys want to do in those avenues.